The Growing Destinations podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Learn more about Minnesota's third largest city, which is home to Mayo Clinic and features wonderful recreational and entertainment opportunities by visiting experiencerochestermn.com. As much as I love restaurants and food and eating, I really do love searching for these items. I love the stories that come from the people that I met because I go to food shows. I obsess over going there and meeting these people, and and I loved that, and I thought, I can't get my hands on this. Welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast, where we take a deep dive into destination development and focus on a wide range of topics, from tourism and entertainment to economic development and entrepreneurism, and much more. I'm your host, Bill Von Bank. Leanne Zubay is a lifelong foodie. Since 1978, she and her husband helped shape the restaurant scene in Rochester, Minnesota. She's taken her passion for food beyond restaurants, including a new venture called Food Union, an online gift box subscription service, which has evolved into a physical storefront in the heart of downtown Rochester. Today, I chat with Leanne about all things food, her excitement for new restaurant concepts, and sourcing unique and hard-to-find items for her customers. Leanne Zubay, welcome to the Growing Destinations podcast. Thank you. You and your husband helped to shape the restaurant scene in Rochester, Minnesota over the past few decades. Share with us a bit about yourself and your background. Well, I'd like to first say that over the decades is my husband. So I get a lot more credit than I deserve from way back then. Um, I was at home with my kids. Now, I did stuff in the restaurants, but he had a a partner. Mm -hmm. And they came downtown in 1978 before anybody else wanted to except for Michael. So he gets more of the credit that than I do for that. Although I will say I'm the foodie person and I'm the one that made them relook at their menus and things like that. So I did have, I did have some say in that, so to speak. Pretty big say. Yeah. So my business has only been around really, I'm pretty new. So I'm looking at maybe at 15 years or so, 15, 16 years. And basically Jerry wanted to retire. He helped change Broad Street into 300 and said, then I'm done. I sold my portion out to his partner was Mike Curry and his kids took over Creative Cuisine. And so Jerry sold his portion out to them and was going to sit back. And I went, well, wait a minute. Um, I've got an idea. (laughs) And so first I started at Rochester Produce by inserting myself in there, telling him he needed to have some interesting things. Then I moved on to opening up that little building that sits in the parking lot of 300, or actually it's Tilda's Pizza now. Right downtown Rochester. Super cute little building. Great visibility. No one wants to stop there. So I stayed there for about nine months, and then we ended up going where the hot chip location is and kept expanding because I have no self-control. And hot chips is an incredible and award-winning burger shop. Yeah, thank you. It is. I'm very proud of them for that, yeah. I've read that you've always had a passion for food, and it shows in the community. What's interesting is you like to collect cookbooks, and I did, did, do you really have over 200 cookbooks? Well, probably not anymore. I did. I have a, 40 years of Bon Appetit, oh, okay. for sure, and I do have a lot of cookbooks. And then one day I'm like, I've got to get rid of these. But now, with Food Union, I have this spectacular idea that the back of my shop is Food Academia, and it's a cookbook lending library. So take a book, leave a book, keep a book, bring a book. Great idea. I know. It's so cute. I love it. And so my cookbooks are sitting back there now. And there's some church ones by all back and some decent ones. And I want other people to bring things in. So my son-in-law is 
Justin Scoville, he's a chef, and he brought in a cookbook the other day. Here, I'll add this to your stuff. I go, well, sign it, because how cool is that? You know, somebody might pick up that book. So now I wish I had more of my 200-plus collection, but we'll see. I'll probably buy more. You're so involved in the food scene, and you're getting ahead of me a little bit. So you have restaurants on one hand, and you have the food union on the other hand. Correct. Let's talk about the newest venture you have, Food Union. Okay. Food Union came out of a restaurant because I closed Zest. The restaurants needed more attention than the market did, and the market really wasn't doing very well. And I tried, but it I, I couldn't make it work. But I missed it personally as my thing. And so I opened up Let Us Unite downtown in the food court. I was really proud of that because my staff was wonderful, and Steph Croson works for us, and her and I did that on our own, and it was delicious, and COVID took us out. COVID took us out big time. And when I came back to reopen, I saw the construction, and I heard that all my customers were the ones that went to work at home. I'm, I thought, I can't do this, and so we just closed. And then I whined for a couple of days, and I thought, I'm going to do Zest again, but I'll do it online. So for the last two years, I've been doing e-commerce as Food Union online. Can you talk a little bit about Zest? Because it's it's the mm-hmm. precursor to Absolutely. Food Union, and that was a brick-and-mortar restaurant. It was started out as, a yes, a brick-and-mortar restaurant, but market. It was a very large market. I probably had at least 150 cheeses and char- different charcuteries there and many shelves of things. And my intention in the beginning was to put food in there, showcasing some of those items, and... I just wanted it to be like an upscale Panera, so to speak. Just come in and grab something to eat, grab a glass of wine, and you're out of there, and it's no commitment. What ended up happening is I got the attention of so many really qualified chefs that they kept coming in and saying, hey, can I make this? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then the next thing you know, we had really caliber food coming out of there. I mean, at one point, we had five chefs in there creating, and that could never happen again. It was so amazing. The food was so amazing that I, we ended up with chef's dinners and all sorts of things. It was, I wish I would have been paying more attention and eating there more often when, <laughs> when I had it. It was beautiful. It was beautiful food. And I'm so humbled because to this day, I hear people all the time missing it. So okay, there's now, that part. Now let's talk about Food Union. You created Food Union in 2020. Right in the, yeah, right, after, right in COVID. So I went to go look for the items I used to carry in the market because as much as I love restaurants and food and eating, I really do love searching for these items. I love the stories that come from the people that I met because I go to food shows. I obsess over going there and meeting these people, and and I loved that, and I thought, I can't get my hands on this. I will say that prior to that, I could see the stores were starting to pick up my Zest things after I closed. And then I noticed during COVID, they weren't anymore. They just kind of must have decided there wasn't enough interest or whatever their reasoning was. And I thought, well, now I'm jumping. I'm going to jump back in, at least for myself. So this is like a passion project for me, like a hobby farm. So I'm bringing stuff back in that I want or I used to have at Zest. And if I could fulfill them in subscription boxes and gift boxes, I can control my inventory. And that was what I've been doing for the last couple of years. How's it been? Okay. I mean, no one really knew that I was there. I didn't really, I never grew up doing the whole press releases and all the stuff on social (laughs) media. I didn't, I just like kind of sit in my own little world and hope something happens, but it was, it was only okay, but I wasn't really out any money, so to speak. So now opening food union, storefronts a little bit different and a little bit scary because I've failed at this once before, but 
We'll see. So it started as a online or pick up a, a online subscription, and then people could you, you would either ship to them or they could they could come and you would deliver to their car. Correct. Exactly. They did buy single items, but my focus was trying to do the boxes because I love doing those. But my Zest people started figuring it out and then they would order online and some would come up. And as time progressed, they would come up and look around. And that's what got me going. It's like, well, I think they want to see some stuff. Built a following and now it leads to a brick and mortar. It was the old following back again. But I also realized that I could do beyond food because as much as I tell everybody I'm very one dimensional and all I do is eat, which is true. I do have two other passions. One is stuff. I like old stuff. I like to recycle and I love antiques and things like that. My house is full of them. And I thought, well, I can put these two things together. So that's what I did in the, in the brick and mortar space. And it's beautiful. Thank you. It's very cool. I have space. Very fun, very fun time putting it together. A great vibe. Thank you for downtown. You just opened that space. Tell us what people can expect in the shop. Some people will find the things they were looking for in the past. Like, I don't even know if I want to say this, but I do have a secret following of Brad. And I can't <laughs> keep very much in my freezer. But people know it's already gone this week. So, oh, really? Yeah, it's already gone. I'll Good problem to, to have. It's fun. It's, <laughs> really, it's very fun. So I'm bringing back some things that people are well aware of. And then now that I've gotten back into going to shows, again, I'm looking for, I'm looking for really oddball stuff. Like I've got this salted kamput pepper. I don't even know what to do with yet, but it's... It just was so cool. I couldn't resist. Do your customers tell you, hey, I'm really looking for something like this. Can you find it for me? Yeah. Or or is it really just you kind of seeing what you want? I encourage that. Actually, yesterday I had people ask, can you find this or that? Um, it's a lot harder than it used to be, especially for cheese. But um, yeah, I love that. I love to go find things for people. And where where do you go looking for, for this stuff? So I research, I'm part of Specialty Food Association, so I have a lot of publications that come to me that I read. I go to the food show, at least, well, I did up until COVID, go to the food show, but it went back this last year. Um, So I go to a food show and meet people. So that's basically how I know, just doing what I did before. You're a certified cheese expert. I am. And not many people can make that claim. No, the first, I did it the first year. It was horrible. It was <laughs> the hardest thing I've ever done because I don't want to study. I don't want to do that <laughs> stuff anymore. And I would sit downstairs on a, up north in this air conditioned room with a bazillion books in front of me and just like cry. I can't do this. I can't. It's, it was so much to try to learn. And I knew how many questions there was going to be. And there was so many things that were part of it, like, Ugh, there was even math. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> so it was the first year and they, I don't want to say they weren't organized, but it, it was the first year and it was really hard. And I had went to Raleigh, North Carolina with my laptop, like I was taking a bar exam or something and just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, but I passed. And so I was the first, first class, so to speak, going through. And now I recertified by just edu- keeping educated. Okay. What inspired your love of cheese? Well, when I started to bring the products in, I really wanted to find something that was still missing in Rochester. And at that point, no one even used the word charcuterie. That was not on Hy-Vee's radar yet. Or if it was, it wasn't in Rochester. And so I knew that cheese and charcuterie was the missing element. And so I kind of started to deep dive into that. You started Food Union right at the start of the pandemic. Were you nervous about that? Um, not when I was doing the online stuff the online, because yeah. I was controlling the inventory. No one really saw how much I had or didn't have. So I wasn't out to impress visually. 
this is, well, we're at the end of the pandemic, I hope, but this is more frightening to do the brick and mortar than what I was doing during COVID. What impresses you about the Rochester culinary scene? I'm really excited about the new restaurants that are coming downtown. We, at this point, own the building that I'm in and the Jefe Rojo building. And we also own the porch building. So I knew before you guys did what was coming in. And our Paladar is going to be amazing. They are just two wonderful guys. And I love their concept. And especially when he said it's going to be like zest. I'm like, "Mm, that's great. (laughs) An homage. An homage, yeah. And then Sammy's going next door with Korean food. and Sammy Lou, we've had her on this podcast. And yeah, that's going to be super fun. And then on the corner of Broadway and 4th is Merrow. And mm-hmm. Jeff worked for us for a very brief period of time, but very talented chef. And I've eaten at Merrill before, and it was delicious. So I'm super excited about that as well. So from a restaurant perspective, it's looking really nice. And then along with Food Union, to, to add that dimension yeah. downtown, it, 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 does, it does look more promising. So what's missing, or where are there growth opportunities in the culinary scene for Rochester? Missing is probably... For lack of a better word, there's not really enough people that support in this style of eating and food and ingredients and things like that. There's no doubt it's expensive, and that's a, a big understanding of mine because I can be pretty cheap. But uh, So I want to make sure when you buy my products that you're using every little bit of it. You're not mm-hmm. wasteful of it because how many times have we gone to a wine place or a, a tasting or something, like, ooh, I'll have a case of that wine, and you get home going, I don't know if it was that good. So I want to make sure you eat everything in your jar. And so the people that don't understand that are not that many. So it's a huge education side of things, which I absolutely love doing, but it also costs some money. So that's challenging. You've spoken about uh, you and your husband and your involvement. And and he started with several years back with several restaurants and, and it's carried forward now to the next generation of your family. Let's talk a little bit about that. Did you want that to happen? Were your children involved in the business right from the start or, or, or how? Two great stories there. Okay. So uh, I have three children. My oldest, Peter, never, re- I mean, he's interested in the restaurant, but didn't really want to work in them. He's um, really loves cars and he's an IT guy to some extent. So he's not involved in the restaurants. My youngest son, um, when he was five and we still had newts at the time, we took him to newts one time for dinner. He gets himself on the stool and looks around and says, um, when you're in the grave, I'm taking over this place. <laughs> okay. And he did come and work at Zest for some period of time. He was very involved with the wine and the liquor and, and did an amazing job, but has moved on to real estate. And then there's my daughter, Lindsay. And I would say to my husband all the time, do not rule Lindsay Zubay out. She could be something in this. And he goes, nah, nah, not Lindsay. Like, okay. And it's Lindsay and her <laughs> husband, Justin, that are running our restaurants now. That's great. Yeah, it is great. We know that the food industry, especially restaurants, were hit hard by the pandemic. First to close, last to open. Now in recovery phase, what do you believe needs to happen to keep restaurants thriving? I'm not sure. I, I, because now you've got past all that, and now you've got the economy. And it's a struggle. And I think what will eventually happen, because I, I feel like that we've gone through this before, um, at least we have my family, because we've been around since 1978, you'll end up where people will put their money in their favorites. And so you just hope as a restaurant, you end up being a favorite. And I feel like our restaurants 
have become that for a lot of people. Personally, for me, that's not the way I eat, so I don't love to eat at our restaurants all the time. <laughs> I want to eat a burger and a big old burrito and pizza every day. I was a zest eater, so I'm always looking for that. So that will be, if I'm trying to tighten my checkbook, I'll be looking for places like that. You, as a foodie, have touched the industry in so many different ways. When does the book come out? I actually do want to do that, but so does my husband. But that doesn't mean that we can't both write a book. But I actually do want to do that because I'm way better at writing than I am at speaking. Well, you're doing a good job here. But I I don't even know if I'm all that good of a writer. You'll have to go look at my blog sometime. I kind of put it out there. It's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I'm old. What difference does it make at this point what I say? You've got uh, a great sense of humor in your writing. <laughs> thank you. But I, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I'd write, want to write about. I love doing my blog, and I don't know if that comes together as a book. But one interest I have is the old Rochester restaurant scene. What I can remember, I really want to get down and then talk to the other people that can remember. So I did spend a little bit of time with John Creasel one day just talking about the humidor that we had purchased well, actually for Bank Restaurant in 1978 and now sits in the um, porch building. So I was kind of having to remember way back how where all these pieces came from. So besides the food, I like the architecture and all that kind of stuff too. So I don't know if that will be what I end up doing or not. It won't be a cookbook though. Don't look at me for a cookbook. That's really hard. <laughs> yeah. Do you like to cook? I do. I, I, well, I did. Well, I do. I do like to cook. I, when I was a kid, I would watch Julia Child, the galloping gourmet and all of that. My mom, um, probably won't listen to this. So she was not a very good cook. And my dad was a hunter. And so we had a lot of deer burger in our freezer and anything made out of deer burger. It was disgusting. And when I was in fifth or sixth grade, she assigned me a task of, of making dinner because she was a working mom. And uh, I started getting semi-creative with the two cookbooks we had, Bisquick and Betty Crocker. So I've always had this desire for better food than what was presented to me. And so I have cooked for a long time and I really enjoy it, but I'm, I, my style has changed completely from fifth grade to now. I did the whole Julia Child phase where you're making the broths and doing all that. And I could not be bothered with that right now. You have Food Union on the table right now, but any new ventures you're thinking about or what does the future look like for you? For me personally, this is my final hurrah. So I don't have enough time, I don't think, to do anything else, but I really want to put as much effort into Food Union and just really, I'm all about the fun. I just want to have fun. And the last three days have been humbling and fun and uh, just full of laughter and it's been fabulous. So I hope that continues and I'm excited about that. So I'm going to push it along as far as I can. I'd love to mentor someone. That's what I'd really love to do is have someone that was interested in this and mentor them into continuing this. But first I have to grow it and see if there's a business side of it all. Well, it's great to have your perspective on the food industry. And uh, congratulations on the opening of the Food Union Shop. And thank you for being our guest on Growing Destinations Podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in to the Growing Destinations Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Rochester. Find out more about Rochester, Minnesota and its growing arts and culture scene its international culinary flavors, and award-winning craft beer by visiting experiencerochestermn.com.